0: The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house, and proclaim there this word, and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all you of Judah, who enter by these gates to worship the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Amend your ways and your deeds, and I will let you dwell in this place. Do not trust in deceptive words, saying, This is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. For if you truly amend your ways and your deeds, if you truly practice justice between a man and his neighbor, if you do not oppress the alien, the orphan, or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, nor walk after other gods to your own ruin, then I will let you dwell in this place, in the land that I gave your father's, forever and ever
1: support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant
0: All right, that opening verse was from Jeremiah chapter 7, verses 1 through 7. Jeremiah, one of God's prophets, one of many, many, many instruments of God. Instruments that came before the people to, well, to correct them, to remind them that they were screwing up. And welcome to the Legion of Michael, and thank you very much for being here. Thank you very much for sharing the show, if you have shared it with other people. I truly appreciate that. And if you have not shared it with anyone else, and you have not left a review, well, I love you anyway, but get off your butt and do the right thing. Okay. (laughs) Today's topic, season of rejuvenation, season of rejuvenation. Of all of the times of the year, it seems that the autumn is the time that people most often consider the change of the seasons, of course, followed by the spring. And why is this, besides pumpkin spice lattes and calf boots and cardigans and so on and so forth, what is it about the autumn that makes us take a moment or take the time to consider the change of the seasons you know, if you did a a survey and you asked people, uh, what is your favorite season of the year? Most people say the fall. Now, some people say the spring and some say the summer and some say the winter. But let's face it, it's the autumn. It's the fall of the year that people most often talk about, blog about, take pictures and so on and so forth. And why is that? Well, because it's obviously a striking change. Almost overnight, I don't know about where you live, but where I live, it seems as though almost overnight the trees turn from green to gold to orange, and then, boom, a rainstorm hits or some wind comes in, and the leaves fall, and and now they're bare. It seems like it goes so quickly. At least where I live, we joke that uh, the autumn or the fall here in the mountains lasts about three weeks or so and then it's over. But the fall. We consider the seasons as as people, as humans, and we celebrate the seasons. We always have mankind, if you go back and read literature from five hundred years ago, six, a thousand years ago, you'll see authors and poets and writers considering the spring and considering the summer, and now is the winter of our discontent and so on and so forth. Did you ever consider or think that when God created our planet, when he created this world, he did so very deliberately? Now, some people would like to live in a never-ending spring or a never-ending summer. You know, folks who live in San Diego, where it's nice almost all year, there's, there's, you know, a few times when it rains or it gets a little chilly, but most of the time it's really nice. What if we lived in that world? Would, would we be happy if we lived in a world of never-ending summer? Could the plants rejuvenate in a time of never-ending summer? Why do we have winter? Winter's cold and, and everything dies and, and, and it's dark and, and we get depressed or, or we get down in the dumps and we put on weight and we just sit around the house and, you know, why do we have that? Why did God create this world? Why did he create the world with seasons? Now, obviously, our father is far smarter than we are, and he knows what he's doing. And he sent Solomon, and not not, not every version of the Bible uses the word season, but the King James Version does. And I think it's very deliberate, and I, and I believe that when the uh, various different, whether it's the the new international version or, or the new American standard or the Berean or the whatever, I believe when they change and alter the words that sometimes we lose some of the meaning. We talked about this previously, uh, but since it is the change of the seasons, it is we're smack dab in the middle of autumn right now. I don't know about where you are, but where I am we're getting really close to losing most of the leaves. We had some snow and we had some wind and a lot of those uh, a lot of those bright gold and orange leaves are gone now and about half of them are remaining. So we're just in that that part of the year where it's so fleeting. You know, today is a beautiful sunny day. I I took a drive today. I went out and I actually moved some wood around and I put some logs aside for next year. I already have this year's wood put up and now I'm putting aside next year's wood. It's about 50 some degrees out. It's a beautiful autumn day. Just cool enough to wear a long sleeve shirt, but not so cold that you need to wear a jacket. It's that fleeting moment. And here in a few weeks, it'll be gone. The trees will be bare and it'll be cold. What did Solomon remind us in Ecclesiastes chapter 3? He said, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. Thousands of years ago, God's servant, his voice box here on earth, the wisest man, said, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die. And that's what goes on in the autumn. Things that were green and fresh and, and you know, your gardens and so forth, now your gardens are all dying off. The You know, the tomato plants or the pumpkin plants or whatever, the, the vines are withering and very soon they'll be brown and then they'll be covered with snow. A time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow." a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 18. I'm sorry, 1 through 8. One of my favorite chapters of the Bible, one of my favorite sections of the Bible. As we consider seasons, the the real season or the very physical season that we're going through right now uh, and If you live in Australia, you're going through a different type of season. You're coming out of winter and going into the spring if you live down there uh, in Australia. But if you live in the northern hemisphere uh, like I do, summer is over. the, The autumn is here, the fall, and very, very soon it will be winter. And everything will go into hibernation. The plants will go into hibernation, the grass and the flowers and and so on and so forth. Many animals will go into a state of hibernation. As we look at our world today, I believe that we can see that our world is going into, we're at the very end of a period of autumn or fall. And we're going into a winter. Here on in the United States of America, we're entering a very cold hard winter both realistically practically and euphemistically we're going to be experiencing very hard times We're going to experience hard times. I believe we're going to experience hard times in the United States of America, even harder than we are currently experiencing, because this country, and if you live in another country, consider it for yourself. But the United States of America has turned their backs on their Lord. Just like Jeremiah said, Jeremiah was called by the Lord to stand in the gate and to proclaim the word of the Lord. Turn away from your sinful ways. Do not shed innocent blood. Do not follow other gods to your ruin. How many times have we come before this microphone and pointed out how the people of the United States of America, how we have turned our back on God and begun worshiping the ways of man. We have worshiped the creations of our own hands. We look at things that we have made with our hands and we worship them rather than worshiping our God. We've turned our back on our God or we turn a blind eye or we sit silent and mute while others murder the innocent, while others engage in sinful behavior right in front of us. and Rather than call it out, we're afraid. We're afraid to call out sinful behavior. We're afraid to point to sinful behavior and say, that is not right, and that is not God's plan. God's plan is not for you to behave in that way. No, we we don't, because we've been convinced that we must be silent. We've been convinced by false prophets and the minions of Satan, the disciples of Satan, that Christians should be silent. Christians should be seen and not heard. As a matter of fact, they shouldn't even be seen. Those, those crazy people that follow that old book, they just need to be quiet because the world has decided how much smarter it is. The world has decided that it is smarter than its maker, that it is smarter than its creator. The world has decided that it is more important to worship men and the objects that men have created. And that if you want to live in sinful behavior, if you want to live in sin, if you want to lie, if you want to covet, if you want to commit all forms of adultery, well, then those Christian people need to shut their mouths. And if they don't, we will silence them, we will crush them. <laughs> oh, sinful world. You have no idea. You are so proud of yourselves. You have pride parades. Of course, we're reminded numerous times in the good book that pride comes before the fall. And pride in that sense is a sin. Isn't it ironic? Isn't it ironic to you that those who commit sin and encourage others to live in sin call what they do pride? which is a sin in and of itself. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, can we consider the book of Revelations? Will you allow me? And I'm going to open up my actual physical Bible, the one that was given to me by my parents, my loving parents, the day of my confirmation. I was confirmed into the Lutheran Church on May 17th, 1981, and I was given a Bible by my parents, and I'm so blessed to still have this i am so blessed to have had parents who cared about me and loved me and made sure that i was raised in the church and they gave me this book that i've had now for 40 years and i'm going to read to you from this book right at the, the very end of the story revelation chapter 22 and i'm going to begin with verse 12 And in this Bible, the Bible that I have, and many of you probably have these, the words of our Lord Jesus Christ are in red. And verse 12 begins in red. And these are the words of Jesus speaking to the prophet John, speaking to John as he's given the vision about Revelation. And the word of the Lord says, Behold, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter by the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs and the sorcerers and the immoral persons and the murderers and the idolaters and everyone who loves and practices lying. And in verse 16, we pick up the word with the words of the Lord, a direct quote. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who wishes to take the water of life without cost. I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God shall add to him the plagues which are written in this book. And if anyone takes away the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the tree of life and from the holy city, which are written in this book. He who testifies by these things says, Yes, I am coming quickly, the words of the Lord. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. There are those false prophets. There are those minions of Satan. There are those who come and pretend to be in the name of the Lord. And they say, well, yeah, the Bible is a good thing, but there's more to it. We have more to add. And you wonder, you say, have you not ever read the book? Have you not ever read the book of Revelations? In chapter 8 or verse 18, I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God shall add to him the plagues which are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the tree of life and from the holy city, which are written in this book. You see, the book is all we need all the instructions that we need are right here. We don't need to add to it. We don't need second, third, fourth books, and we certainly don't need to take away from it. Uh, Why did I read Revelations? Why did I read that very end part? Because that, ladies and gentlemen, is the rejuvenation. What does it mean to be rejuvenated? It means to be made strong or feeling young again, to feel fresh and strong and young, and to be made as if it is new once more. And that is what we look forward to. That is what we look forward to. That is the prophecy of the book of Revelation. That is what we are promised by our Lord, that we will receive that rejuvenation. But just as we cannot have spring without going through winter, we cannot have the good without going through the bad. There is a time for every season and for every purpose under heaven. And many of you may be frustrated. Many of you may be feeling anxious. Many of you might be thinking, why has God allowed this to happen to this nation? Why has he allowed the evil to take power well this has all happened because we turned our backs on God because those who should have been preaching God's word those who should have been living by the example instead of living by the example were mute and stood by silently and allowed evil to grow and prosper in our world Those who knew that there was sin right in front of their faces, those who could see the evil, did nothing about it, said nothing, instead remained silent. We allowed the disciples of Satan to lie to the world. And look at where we are today. We're in a season of autumn for our world, for our nation, for our people We're going into a long, hard, cold winter, and it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be dark and bleak. But what are we promised in the book of Revelations by our Lord? The last book, the last last chapter of the last book. What are we promised? He promises us. He said, Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done. a reward is coming, even though we're going to have to go through a hard, cold winter, through the dark. But he says, he reminds us that we have a place on the tree of life. We have a place in his holy city. And he says in verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright morning star. And he says at the very end, the last words of Christ to us in this book, yes, I am coming quickly. He is coming. His blessings are coming. The blessings that we have been promised are coming. What did he tell his disciples? He said, I go to to make a mansion for you. If it were not so, I would have told you. In my father's house, there are many rooms, many mansions, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. He said that to his disciples. But when he was speaking to his disciples, he was speaking to us. We're looking forward to a season of rejuvenation. But in order to get there, we're going to have to go through some hard times. That's just the way it is. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A season to everything. A time to hate and a time to love, a time for war and a time to peace. For peace, All these things must come to pass before, before we receive our rejuvenation. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being with me. Thank you for being out there and being receptive to these words. I appreciate it. Let's go forward and remember the warrior's prayer. Lord, I come before you seeking the strength and the skill to overcome my enemies. Grant me, I pray the wisdom to recognize evil, the courage to confront it, and the strength to destroy it. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen.